In a moment, uh, Mike, Teresa, Liam, and Sophia will be sharing the reading of God's Word from uh, 1 Chronicles 16. And before they do, uh, let's come to God in a prayer. Father God, we are thankful for your Word that remains unchanged for centuries. We are thankful for you who remains unchanged. Your promises, your grace, your love are constant and given to us in an abundance. You also give us your Holy Spirit, so we again ask that your Spirit will bless the reading and the proclamation of your word, so we not only hear, but we live out thankfulness in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture reading has been from the Old Testament book, 1 Chronicles 16, chapters, or verses 7 to 36 where the Israelites are celebrating and worshiping God because the Ark of God has been brought to Jerusalem. That day, David first appointed Asaph and his associates to give praise to the Lord in this manner. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell all of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the earth's, earth, hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, the chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. And they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it. They wandered from nation to nation from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress him. For their sake, he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nation, nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant in everything in them. Let the trees of the forest sing. Let them sing for joy before the Lord for he comes to judge the earth. 
Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, Save us, God our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Praise to be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, thanks be to God. Thanks, guys, for leading us in the God's Word and the Scripture reading this morning. Now, I have to just step aside for a second, just share some things. I, I had the opportunity to receive these videos and get to see them kind of raw. You get to see the clean cut. So maybe one day I'll put the, what are they called, outtakes, and where people are behind the scenes and what they do, it's kind of fun. It just blesses me every time. So in both videos this morning, I had that opportunity. So this morning we have read from 1 Chronicles, and uh, first we hear about a story. Um, it was an article that appeared in the Harvest Business Review magazine, and it could be a case study at some point, or maybe it is already. But the story goes as follows. Uh, John, he is a CEO of a sales organization, and he just sent an email out to an employee who was a few levels below him. And this email was to compliment uh, Jim on his performance at a recent sales meeting. And Jim never responded to the email. It was about one week later where Jim was in John's office applying for a new position that would have been a promotion uh, to, in a management role. And at that time, John asked him whether he received the email. So Jim replied, yes, he did receive the email. And John asked, why didn't you respond to my email? Jim said that he... He just felt he didn't need to reply. Well, John felt that Jim was wrong and figured that the email offering Jim a compliment deserved at the very least a respond of thank you. So what happened is that Jim didn't get the promotion. Now, possible case study questions could be asked. Was Jim passed over solely because he didn't thank John for the positive feedback? Or was Jim's lack of response one piece of the puzzle that convinced John that he should choose a better candidate? And the writer of the article said, undoubtedly. Because saying thank you is an emotional and a relational act. It's not about brown-nosing. Uh, it's not about saying empty words. It's not about ensuring that you get the promotion. But rather, saying thank you connects one person to another. A thank you does not only acknowledge what the person did, but it acknowledges the person. Saying a thank you creates community, and it builds community. Saying thank you is emotional and relational. 1 Chronicles 16, we have a thank you psalm. And this psalm was written by King David, and this psalm was written in a time of celebration. It was written to say a personal and a corporate thank you to God. And the context of this passage is the return of the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. The Ark had been brought back from the Philistines several years before, and then stayed in various houses throughout Israel. And then it was in chapter 15 that the Ark returned to Jerusalem, the holy city. This was the city in which God himself would, would dwell. And David had pitched a tent for the ark. Because the temple was not yet built until King Solomon's reign. 
the ark was brought to its rightful place. And on account of this event, there was much celebrating and praising for all that God has done. Thank you, God. The psalmist is thanking and praising God. And so as we look at the verses 8 to 11, the, the thanks is creating a relationship with God. God has been faithful to his people. He's carried them through the wilderness. He's provided people with a land flowing with milk and honey. He's conquered nations, and his love endures forever. We heard those words. Giving thanks to God grows a person's relationship with God. Giving thanks invokes one to call upon his name. Giving thanks to someone, as mentioned, acknowledges the person, but even more so, it's relational. Giving thanks to God is responding to what he has done for us and responding in a relationship with him. As verse 11 states, look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Giving thanks to God brings us into a closer relationship with God. There's a story by Corrie ten Boom and her sister Betsy. During World War II, they were held in a Nazi concentration camp. One day, something terrible was biting them. And then they realized it was fleas. They were infested with fleas. The women in this part of the concentration camp in this area got together and they began reading scripture passage to get them not only through this time in the camp, but also to get them through this ordeal with the fleas. And they continued to read scripture out loud and no guard bothered them. In fact, their lives were spared on account of the fleas. No guard dared to come near the room and the women, women infested with fleas. The ladies were giving God thanks for the fleas that infested their room and that infested their bodies. Even in wilderness wandering, there is much to thank God for. And our God needs to continue to be acknowledged. Thank you, God. As difficult as COVID-19 has been for people with various losses, whether it be life, health, and other losses, family gatherings even, it's all losses. Perhaps just like the fleas, even with COVID, there still remains much to give thanks. Noreen was alluding to that in the children's message as well. Even on this Thanksgiving weekend where there's tighter restrictions put into place upon us, there's still so much to be thankful for. Today we put aside a service to thank God for many things, but we cannot leave thanking God only for one time a year. If thanking God grows our relationship, we need to thank Him regularly. We need to thank Him for all the plentiful, and there are times that we need to thank Him even for the fleas. Even in the midst of our anxieties and our struggles, we're called to thank God. Philippians 4, verse 6 it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and in petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Go to God with everything, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to God brings us closer to him. Giving thanks to God also pleases God. Ephesians 5.10, uh, Paul states, find out what pleases the Lord. And then the passage closes off with these words, always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything, 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God pleases him. And verses 23 to 32 of our reading this morning refers to bringing glory to God, thanking God for his sovereignty. It's affirmation of God's reign. And, and God doesn't need our affirmation. He doesn't need our thanks. But God desires our thanks because it honors him. Psalm 50, verse 23. And it grows our relationship with him. We give thanks to him because he is our God. Psalm 118, 28. He is our father. We are his daughters. We are his sons. God desires our worship. And worship is ascribing to God what is due to him. Ascribing to God all that he is worth. And that's why we gather for worship. And that's why much of our worship is about thanksgiving. And yeah, whether we can sing or not, it does change how we thank God, but it shouldn't change our thankfulness to God. Worship is about the great and awesome God we have. We sang awesome God. When we come out of a worship service, it's not about saying, what an awesome service we had. It's about saying, what an awesome God we have. What an awesome God we serve. Thanks be to God. Thank you, God. Giving thanks to God pleases him. Finally, sharing thanks to God shares with others the great and awesome God that we have. Again, God is a God of relationships, and he desires relationships with his people. And when we thank God, it shows others what God has done. Verse 8, David says to the people to make known among the nations what he has done. Verse 9, tell of his wonderful acts. Verse 24, declare the glory, his glory among the nations, and his marvelous deeds among all peoples. In the Hebrew language, when praise and thanksgiving is talked about, it often means it's assumed that it's done publicly. Praise God. We're doing this in the public. Give God thanks. We're doing it publicly. We publicly proclaim who God is. Our Father, our Creator, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Holy Spirit, our Encourager. Giving thanks to God shares with others what our God does and more importantly, who our God is. Giving thanks to God is a witness to the world. It gives hope to the world. A hope that only Jesus Christ can fulfill. It's Thanksgiving weekend. And typically, Thanksgiving was a day originally put aside for saying a blessing on the harvest and on the preceding year. I think in the present, Thanksgiving Day is more of a secular holiday than it is a Christian holiday. And that's all right. Because our God is sovereign. And he can redeem anything. And as Christians, we don't separate the secular and the sacred. So when we celebrate Thanksgiving, whether it's secular or not, it's on account of God and his blessings to us. And that is what we are thankful for. We're called to give thanks because giving thanks grows us closer to God. Giving thanks pleases our God and giving thanks shares our God with others. Ann Voskamp, you've probably heard her name, farmer's wife from Listowel, Ontario, is the author of the New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Gifts. This was a few years back. And in this book, she encourages her readers to keep a gratitude list. And she calls this the joy dare. 
Perhaps you're not into lists, um, but the point is to constantly give God thanks for things in your life. That as you wake up every morning and as you go through the day, you intentionally think about things to give God thanks for. And if you are into lists, write out a gratitude list and see how many things you can come up with, whether it's in a day or a week or even a year. As Voskamp states, when thanks to God becomes a habit, so joy in God becomes your life. The act of giving thanks to God itself will not give you a better life. Ann Voskamp's book is not a story that teaches us that God helps those who help themselves. That's false, because we can't help ourselves. We cannot say we're going to be thankful and life will be all right. Life will be all right because God has saved us. Life will be all right because God has given us a new life through his son, Jesus Christ. For that, thanks be to our God. We're thankful because we are saved by God's grace through Jesus Christ. And he is our savior. We're not saved due to our circumstances, which could be plentiful or could be little. But we are saved because of God's grace through his son, Jesus Christ. And we are called to respond in faith. And we are called to respond in action. And we are called to live our lives in thanksgiving and gratitude. And when we do that, we grow closer to God. It pleases our God, and it shares our God with others. And giving thanks will become our life, a life of thankfulness. So let's give thanks to God for all he has done and for all who he is. And let's together say, Amen.